Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, May 13th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will get into this Bruins-Hurricanes Eastern Conference Final in the Stanley Cup playoffs as the Bees lead this series two games to none. It has been pure domination from the Bruins' standpoint, and uh, I just don't think Carolina really has a chance to win this series. So uh, right now, it's looking like this is the the Bruins' Stanley Cup to lose. Last week, I told you it's Tuka Rask's Stanley Cup to lose. Well, it's the Bruins' Stanley Cup to lose. I think if you watch these playoffs, it does feel like the Bruins are the best team, and it does feel like when Vegas makes the Bruins the favorite, the current favorite to win, La Coupe Stanley. Uh, When the Bruins play and dominate the way they have dominated Carolina, it looks like Vegas has it right. But, you know, it is the NHL. It is the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in the Stanley Cup playoffs, anything can happen more than any other sport. But right now, I will react to the Bruins up two games to none. And right now, it looks like the Bruins are not going to lose this Eastern Conference final. I'll also react to some of the early offseason rumors surrounding the Celtics. In the NBA, the NBA playoffs are going on as well. We have the final four in the NBA playoffs, if you will, as we know the Eastern Conference final there and now the Western Conference final. I will go over that, but here in Boston, we are wondering what the Celtics are going to look like next year. Kyrie Irving, the Kyrie watch is in full effect. Are you ready for the Kyrie watch? I've been on Kyrie watch and really everybody here in Boston has been on the Kyrie watch all season long. Uh, but there is some more rumors that are coming out. Some rumors came out over the weekend, something that Brian Winhorst had to say about Kyrie and the Lakers. And if you listen to me, you know that I'm not surprised and won't be surprised to continue to see Lakers rumors when it comes to Kyrie Watch. Kyrie Watch is in full effect. I have some thoughts on that. And are the Red Sox back It sure looks like it. After they swept the Seattle Mariners at Fenway over the weekend, the Red Sox right now, three games out of first place in the AL East. Uh, They got all their terrible baseball out of the way while nobody was paying attention, while the Celtics and the Bruins were right in the middle of the playoffs, and now it's just the Bruins in the playoffs and the Celtics are out, and the Red Sox are starting to turn it around and have actually turned it around to the point where I am comfortable saying The Red Sox are back. I will talk about them. All of it today presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK-P-I-C. That's promo code PICK-P-I-C. And by now, you're bored with your fantasy baseball season. I don't blame you. You have the same team for 162 games, the same lineup every single night. You've been playing in the fantasy baseball league with the same people For what, 10 years now? Aren't you bored with that? So you need to go to DraftKings, download the DraftKings app, or go to DraftKings.com and play daily fantasy baseball where you can win cash prizes every single day by putting together a different lineup every single night. And again, play for free by signing up using promo code PICK-PIC. That's promo code PICK-PIC at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday, May 13th. 
Though it feels like February 13th. I had to put the heater on in the studio this morning. It is freezing out. Uh, we got some uh, rain. <laughs> what else is new? When we see, though, I will say this, all this bad weather, when we do get a nice day, and it, we haven't had many here lately, but when we do get one, you <laughs> appreciate it that much more, right? And I think if we ever get hit with any type of summer weather in this town, here in Boston or here in New England, if we, by the time we get to the summer, you know, we will appreciate it that much more because, because we have had a terrible spring. Well, the winter wasn't that bad. We didn't have a bad winter. It's just it's extended sort of into the spring. And, I mean, we're almost at Memorial Day weekend. And it's like I'm still putting on the heat. But I do think this type of weather does make us appreciate the nicer weather even more and uh but we're waiting for that we're waiting for that nice weather to hit because i said today's may 13th it feels like february 13th it is freezing out we are coming off a wild mother's day weekend and a wild mother's day on sunday yesterday now the bruins crushed the hurricanes in game two on sunday it was a three o'clock puck drop so i had everything dvr'd everything was pushed back everything on sunday was pushed back for me i mean look mom comes first right Mom comes first. And I told you last week I did not like a 3 o'clock puck drop. And I know the networks are going to do what the networks are going to do, right? It doesn't matter what type of day it is. Mother's Day, Father's Day, it doesn't matter what day it is. The networks are going to do what the networks are going to do. They wanted a 3 o'clock hockey game for whatever reason. For whatever reason, they wanted a 3 o'clock hockey game. And, and I could not watch it live. I had to DVR it. I did watch the whole thing. I did watch, but it pushed everything else back because I also wanted to watch Game 7. Between in the NBA between Portland and Denver, and Portland wins that. So Portland is now going to the Western Conference Finals to play Golden State. And then I watched the Game 7 between Philadelphia and Toronto, and if you watch that, that was a crazy finish. Toronto beat Philly, so the Raptors are now going to the Eastern Conference Final to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Kyrie Irving can't wait to watch that series, huh? <laughs> he can't wait to watch Milwaukee go up against Toronto. Um, but Kawhi Leonard, just a shot at the end that talk about just a dramatic moment where everybody is just looking up at the ball, bouncing around the rim. Is it going to go in? Is it going to go in at the buzzer? It goes in. They go nuts in Toronto and the Raptors win the game and win the series. And, uh, Kawhi Leonard, I would not want to play Kawhi Leonard. I know there's going to be a lot of talk about the Greek freak, but I would never take Antetokounmpo over Kawhi Leonard. I just wouldn't. I would take Kawhi Leonard over Giannis Antetokounmpo every single day. And um, But that's going to be a series. I, I actually feel like I'm going to be rooting for Toronto, and not even just because Milwaukee beat the Celtics and, and knocked out the Celtics. I just think, I just enjoy watching Kawhi Leonard dominate. I think it's fun to watch. I think the Toronto team is fun to watch. So, uh... And as long as Toronto's not winning a cup, it also kind of, you know, gives me some enjoyment to see, like, another team in Toronto winning where you know deep down inside everybody in that building is like, eh. Like, what happens if the Raptors win the NBA championship? I don't think they're gonna, but what happens if they do? There's gonna be a celebration, obviously. They're gonna go nuts. There are basketball fans in Toronto. But deep down inside, doesn't everybody in Toronto really just want the Stanley Cup? They don't want the Larry O'Brien trophy. <laughs> they don't have in Toronto. They don't have dreams of Kawhi Leonard hoist, hoisting the Larry O'Brien tro- trophy. They they have dreams of um, Austin Matthews hoisting the Stanley Cup. 
Mitch Mana, Austin Matthews hoisting the Stanley Cup. That's what they have dreams of. So, um, I don't think Toronto's going to win it all, though. They, I, I think they could get to the finals, and I would like to see Golden State versus Toronto. I would. I'd like to see Steph Curry and Durant versus Kawhi Leonard in the finals. Now, will they actually? Will Golden State have Durant? Yeah, they probably will. They probably will. And you know what? They don't even need him. They don't need him. Steph Curry proved that. Steph Curry proved that on Friday night. Golden State does not need... They don't need Durant. People forget this. And we have this... You know, I've had this argument with people, and I, I mention it all the time. You know, people say, like, who are the top players in the NBA? And I talk to so many people who know basketball, who I lose respect for their opinion on the game... When they don't tell me that Steph Curry is one of the top players in the league. Like, that's insane to me. People forget that Kevin Durant had to join Steph Curry in Golden State in order to win a championship. Not the other way around. Steph Curry already won one. Steph Curry won a championship by beating Durant. Okay? Durant was the one that had to join the championship team to get a title. Not the other way around. Durant goes down with an injury. Golden State's playing Houston. A Rockets team that, you know, it's it's basically now or never for Houston, right? And, and Houston kind of, not that they're wishing for injury and hoping for injury, but the Rockets kind of, you know, the door opened for them when Durant goes down with an injury, and, and it does, look, obviously the Warriors are not as good without Durant, but that doesn't mean they're still not the best team in the league. I think they still are the best team in the league, even without Durant. Having Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They've already proven that. People forget that. They've already proven it. But if you're Houston, you're like, all right, we'll take it. And the door opens for us a little bit, at least to force a game seven. And then Steph Curry, who is shut out on Friday night in game six in Houston. Shut out in the first half. In the second half, without Durant, in Houston, scores 33 points in the second half. Steph Curry, 33 points in the second half. And leads the Warriors to a win. They win game six in Houston. They win the series. They go to the Western Conference Final. I'm sure we'll see Durant return in the Western Conference Final. But the point is, Steph Curry, if he if he has to, can take the Warriors on his back. He's done it before. He will do it again. And for anybody who watches that, or watched that on Friday night, and still wants to tell me that Steph Curry isn't a top five player in the NBA, even a top three player in the NBA. Honestly, like, why would you take... Like, who are you taking over him? The guy hits big shot after big shot. He can hit him from anywhere, in any moment, at any time, with anybody in his face, in any big spot. And he wins championships doing it. And and you still don't think he's a top five player in the NBA? If you think that, I don't... Res- I'm sorry, I just can't respect your opinion on anything. Because if you're telling me that Steph Curry is not a top five player in the NBA then you're telling me what I've been watching in the NBA has been an illusion for the last five years. An illusion. Hasn't really been happening. Like, I must be on some serious medication. Oh, Danny, what you've been watching is not true. That's not happened. Well, I'm not on any medication. And what I've been watching is true. Steph Curry has been dominating, and he's been, if not the best and most dominant player in the league, especially in the big moments over the last five years, then he's at least top three. And he proved that again on Friday night in Houston without Durant. Golden State's going to be just fine without Durant, okay? Will Durant be just fine without Golden State? I mean, we're going to see. 
We're going to see where he goes. Everyone's saying he's going to Knicks. He's going to New York. Is Kyrie going with him? That seems to be the question. Um, But maybe not. Maybe Kyrie isn't going with him. But but that's everything that we had... I don't. I went on the. I I went on the Curry tangent and the Curry rant, and I didn't. I I didn't expect to this early in the show. But that's what you have. And now you will have Golden State playing Portland, um, in the Western Conference Final, and in the Eastern Conference Final, you're gonna have Toronto and Milwaukee. So I watched all of that on Sunday, and and it was all delayed, of course, because of Mother's Day. I have everything DVR'd, which means I didn't get to Game of Thrones until like midnight. Midnight. I was up until 2 a.m. last night, on Sunday night, and it's earlier on Monday, but I was I was up until 2 a.m., and of course, it's always a tough sleep on Sunday nights during Game of Thrones. And last night, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you, don't worry. You don't have to hit pause or hit stop and come back. I'm not, I'm not, I don't give you spoilers. I'm not going to spoil it for you. If you had it DVR'd and and you're watching it today, or you're going to watch it later this week, or later this month, then, you know, that I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't worry. I, I, I just, I'll say that the battle at King's Landing, I mean, you see something like that, and you expect me to sleep after? It's, so it wasn't a good sleep. How, how is one supposed to sleep after that? Tough to sleep. I, I, I was not sleeping. So, uh, on minimal sleep today, I will tell you, that and, and it's not because I'm, I've only got like two or three hours of sleep that I'm telling you this. I've told you this. I told you this in January. And I tweeted this out over the weekend. The link to the clip. It's on YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I told you in January that Kyrie Irving is going to the Lakers. Did I not? I told you that, right? I told you in January that Kyrie Irving is going to the Lakers. And if I'm right and Kyrie Irving goes to the Lakers, what I also told you in January was that don't be surprised by it because this was the plan. That was the plan the whole time. That was the plan the whole time. I told you in January, if Kyrie goes to the Lakers, you should not be surprised by it because this was the plan Ever since the day that Kyrie Irving demanded a trade out of Cleveland and Brian Windhorst from ESPN, the mouthpiece for LeBron James, the spokesperson for LeBron James, is the one that reported it and reported that the reason Kyrie wanted out was because he wanted to get away from LeBron James. Brian Windhorst is LeBron James's, if he's not his agent, he's his spokesperson, he's his mouthpiece, he gets all his info from LeBron James. There is no question about it. Does Winhorst even deny that? I don't even know if Winhorst denies that anymore. Everybody knows. Winhorst has been following LeBron around. I don't. Did LeBron handpick Winhorst to be his guy? I don't know how that went down. All I know is that it went down. Winhorst is his guy, and he's the one that reports everything about LeBron, and anything that Winhorst does get, in my opinion, has some extension to a LeBron-connected network. It's all through LeBron. Anything that you hear Brian Winhorst say. And I'm not knocking him. I mean, good for him. He's getting great information. I believe his information. Knowing that it comes from LeBron, I believe it. Who's got a better source than Winhorst if he has LeBron? If he's LeBron's mouthpiece, nobody's got a better source than him. 
Winhorst reported, what, two years ago, when Kyrie wanted out of Cleveland and he gave the Cavaliers a trade demand and he gave them a list of teams, Winhorst reported that Kyrie wanted out because Kyrie wasn't getting along with LeBron James or he wanted to... He didn't want to be in LeBron James' spotlight. He just wanted to be on a different team. He didn't want to play with LeBron anymore. It was coming from Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst over the weekend. And and I'm going to read it for you. Brian Windhorst says that the door for Kyrie to join LeBron on the Lakers is opening more and more by the day. That's what he said. The door for Kyrie to join LeBron on the Lakers is opening more and more by the day. Again, that's coming from Brian Winhorst, ESPN. Let me read you the full quote. Here it is. It says, quote, and this, I, I, apparently he said this on ESPN radio. I didn't hear it. I'm just reading the quotes. He said, quote, as time passes here, I would have said that this is impossible for many months. But as time passes here, and as the possibility exists that Jason Kidd could be hired as the Lakers coach, I think the possibility of Kyrie and LeBron reuniting that door, which was deadbolted, has been undeadbolted, and has now been cracked open. It might even be opening more by the day. And I say that just because I think it's on Kyrie's radar. It's on Kyrie's board. He has had discussions with people about playing for the Lakers. He has had discussions with people about playing for the Lakers. Now, I know this is coming from Brian Windhorst, but we should not ignore the fact that the first to report this, the first to report Kyrie Irving's genuine interest in joining the Lakers as a free agent this summer was Rick Buecher from Bleacher Report. Another very well-connected insider in the NBA. He reported in January, which sparked my whole rant, which I just told you about, which you can listen on this podcast, go back, or watch on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. I think I tweeted out one of the links over the weekend. Rick Buecher, back in January, reported that Kyrie Irving has genuine interest in joining LeBron on the Lakers next season. That's the first time we heard that. You had the whole Kyrie Irving telling the media how he called LeBron to apologize. Bullshit. This has been the plan the whole time. I've been telling you since January that Kyrie's going to the Lakers. And people are like, oh, him and LeBron hate each other. That would never happen. Oh, really? Well, now that Windhorse says it, and Windhorse is basically speaking for LeBron, does that change your mind? Does that change your mind at all? Now that, that now that Windhorse is saying it, well, you you just put it this way. You, like, again, I'm gonna reiterate: you should not be surprised. People who say that Kyrie and LeBron don't like each other are not. They're just not paying. I just don't think you're paying attention. I think you're being had. I think you're being played for a fool. Right? They are trolling you with that shit. That's what they're doing. Windhorse reported that. Windhorse was the first to say, ah, oh, Kyrie's, Lee, he wants out of Cleveland because he doesn't want to play with LeBron anymore. Okay. Or was the plan always that LeBron knew he was going to the Lakers? He knew it. He's got a house a half hour from the Staples Center. He knew that's where he wanted to end up eventually. He said, this is my timetable for doing it. 
He was close with Kyrie. He said, hey, Kyrie, why don't you get out now? Get out now. Demand a trade. You know, it's going to be maybe a little more difficult for you to get out of here with a trade after I leave because Cleveland's going to want to hold on to something. Right? Then I, they don't want to get rid of both of us. But if you demand a trade now and, and Cleveland maybe thinks they're, they're keeping me around, you know, you get out now and then I walk. And then I leave when, I, when I'm ready to leave, when I'm able to leave. Just walk. And they can't keep me here. Um, so why don't you demand a trade now? And then we will meet in L.A. When you're a free agent in the summer of 2019, we will go. We, you can join me in, with the Lakers. All right? That was the plan. I'm convinced. When you see Kyrie Irving and LeBron James communicate with each other after games, when they're on different teams over the last couple of years, they've embraced each other. They've hugged each other. They've. Uh, those are not two guys who hate each other. Those are not two guys who are acting like they like each other. Those are two guys who actually like each other. I've told you from day one, I don't believe that Kyrie and LeBron hate each other. I don't believe it. Especially now. For two guys who hate each other so much, why would you ever even consider joining LeBron James? Why would you even consider it to the point where it becomes a rumor somewhere with someone with inside information going, hey, you know what? He's thinking about rejoining LeBron James. If you hate the guy so much that you demanded a trade because you hated him two years ago, you already like him again? That you're going to join join forces with him? Please. Please. There's a whole league you could go play for that would want you, that would give you max money, that you could have say with the roster, you could do whatever you want, and you want to go join the guy you hate? They don't hate each other. They never did. If you thought they did, you got played for a fool. And I've been trying to tell you that. I've been trying to tell you that. And just seeing Winhorst report it now, you know, you're going to get it now. Winhorst is the guy that I think people are waiting to report this. They were waiting for Winhorst to say, um, you know what? The door is opening for LeBron and Kyrie to reunite and to do it with the Lakers this summer. The door's opening. And, uh, you know, I'm not surprised by any of this. I'm not. Rick Buecher reported this in January. I reacted to it telling you if it happens, you shouldn't be surprised. And in fact, I think it's going to happen. And and I especially think it's going to happen right now. Seeing Winhorse talking about it. So we can talk about the Knicks all we want. People could say, well, the Celtics is still the favorite to, to land them and, and, and bring them back. I mean, I told you last week, I'm sort of extending the monologue from last week. The opening monologue from Thursday's show. Go back and listen to that. Where I said, you know what? I don't think Kyrie's Kyrie doesn't want to come back. One, because he never wanted to be a Celtic in the first place. The Celtics were never on his initial list. You know, there were reports that maybe the Celtics ended up being on his trade list. But his initial list, the initial reports did not have the Celtics on it. I'm sorry, they didn't. I read the reports. I went back and looked at them again. They didn't. People who say they did... Uh, living in a dream world. They want him to want to be a Celtic. Kyrie never wanted to be a Celtic. I'm sorry, he didn't. And he doesn't want to be anymore. And I can sense that from him in the second round with Milwaukee. I can sense that from him all season long. I can sense that from him in his post-game press conference when the Celtics were eliminated. Kyrie never wanted to be a Celtic, and he doesn't want to be one anymore, and he's gone. And even if he did want to be a Celtic, and he had a change of heart, if I'm the Celtics... What I told you on Thursday was that I think you need to tell him to hit the road. 
and say, well, you know what, we're going to move on. The Kyrie Irving experiment did not work. It's time for us to move on. And I also told you on Thursday that when it comes to Anthony Davis, I'm all set with him too. I'm all set with him too. All set with him too. So, uh, you know, the Kyrie watch is in full effect. People can say the Knicks all they want. They can say, oh, maybe he'll return. One, he's not returning. If he goes to the Knicks, I won't be surprised either. I just think that if he goes to the Lakers, to me, it's like, you know, Hollywood, he's got the movie. I don't think he's ever hated LeBron. I think this was the plan all along. Now, the Jason Kidd stuff, I don't know how much of a factor that is. I really don't. They, They... Kyrie grew up in Jersey, and he was a big fan of Jason Kidd and those Nets teams, those New Jersey Nets teams that where Jason Kidd was was leading that team to the finals. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know how much that plays into it. I mean, it can't hurt, right? It could only help. I just think that if we're hearing all this stuff, it's not... Brian, we'll put it this way, again... People who think maybe Rick Buecher was just throwing shit against the wall. Brian Windhorst is not just throwing shit against the wall. Brian Windhorst is very well informed. And the fact that he's talking about Kyrie to the Lakers now leads me to believe that now we have tapped into, we have officially, with regards to the Kyrie to the Lakers rumors, we have officially tapped in to the LeBron James network of information and sources. Which means that LeBron James wants Kyrie. And if LeBron James wants Kyrie, and Kyrie wants to leave the Celtics and go to either, you know, wants to play in either Madison Square Garden or the Staples Center, well, the door's open. As Brian Windhorst told you, as, you know, the quote I just read for you, the door is open. And if the door's open, which I think the door opened the minute that Kyrie demanded a trade out of Cleveland because I think this was the plan all along, and I told you that back in January. The door is open. Kyrie's walking through. He's making Uncle Drew 2. He's probably going to be in the the newest Space Jam movie. And him and LeBron are going to then recruit Anthony Davis to go to the Lakers. How will they fit in financially? I'm not going to sit here with a calculator and go over the NBA salary, salary cap rules. I just don't have enough time or energy to do it. But they will make it happen. I will tell you that. They will find a way to make that happen. And you should not be surprised. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be surprised. Because if it happens, this was the plan all along. It was the plan all along. And they played you for a fool. They did. You know, I I seem to, I think that these guys do troll. I think LeBron trolls people. I think he knows the response he's going to get to certain things he doesn't says. Now, like, I think he knows. I think he gets a good laugh out of it. Because it's like, you know, from his standpoint, what else can you do? Right? It's like, you know, he's never really going to win with anything the guy. We're to the point with LeBron James. He's never going to win with anything he says. So, he's, I think he's given up on trying to um, win people over with his personality. And, And he just has to swallow the fact that he's the best and people hate the best. And when you're the king, they're always going to come for the throne. And, you know, you're in a lose-lose with with everything, so you might as well just have some fun with it. And I think that's where we're at with LeBron. These guys troll. Kyrie Irving, you know, even going back to the flat earth stuff, maybe even some of the stuff that he said there. These guys think they're smarter than you think they are. They, they, They work 
in certain things that they say, the drama, the strategy, there's always a thought process behind some of the things these guys say. And I believe that with LeBron. I believe that with Kyrie. Like, I I can go back to the regular season when Kyrie, what was, what was it, like a month ago, two months ago, where he's sitting there and they're asking him about um, that video with him and Durant at All-Star Weekend and Kyrie just goes on this rant about the media and how he doesn't owe anybody anything. And it's like, all right, he's starting to paint the picture. And the picture that he's painting is he knows he's leaving. So, so, So what's the strategy there? The strategy is he needs to sort of turn the media against him so he can, so he can leave town and he can try to convince the fans that he's leaving because the media portrayed him in a bad light for no reason. The media blew everything out of proportion. The media ran him out of town. He loves the fans. The media, eh, he loves the team. He loves his teammates. He loves his coach. The media ran him out of town. You know, they need a strategy. I'm telling you right now, I think that these guys are smarter than you think when it comes to this stuff. And if you think that I'm crazy for coming up with the theory that Kyrie and LeBron planned a Lakers reunion in the summer of 2019, and they planned it a couple years ago when Kyrie demanded a trade, if you think that it's crazy, my theory that LeBron and Kyrie sat in a room together one night and were like, how do we make this happen? I... If you think I'm crazy with that, then I just, I don't know that y'all living in the real world. Because I think that stuff happens. These guys talk. These guys plan. In this league, they, they, this is why we, it's why we have all these, we always have these rumors, this, this information that's constantly flowing in from these guys where it's like, oh, this guy wants to play with that guy. This guy wants to play here. This guy wants to play there. And we always have it like a year or two ahead of time, don't we? Why is that? Is it pure speculation or did somebody get the, did the plan get out there? Because if you are going to plan this stuff with somebody else, you got to make sure it's realistic, which means you got to have somebody reach out to the teams, talk about salary caps, make sure that team knows this is what your plan is. These guys plan it. They know it. They're smart. Kyrie and LeBron, in my opinion, my theory is they planned a Lakers reunion two years ago. And I'm not backing off it. I told you in January, and I'm telling you again now that we have this report from Brian Winhorst over the weekend that Kyrie Irving, the door is opening by the day. Shut up. The door's been wide open for two years, and you know it. The next report from Brian Winhorst is going to be that Kyrie and LeBron... Here, here it is. Ready? You ready for this? Here's the next report. Here's what it's going to be. That Kyrie spoke to LeBron James. That's what it's going to be. And they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it out to be as if they hadn't talked. Like the last time they talked, Kyrie called him and apologized when he was with the Celtics. This is only the second time they've talked since. Shut up! But that's gonna be the report they're gonna have. That's the next report from Winhorst. And it's like, you know, the fact that we're even hearing it. He's not going. He's not coming back to the Celtics because what are you negotiating against? You can't say that he's negotiating with the Celtics. He's playing hardball. What do you mean? The Celtics can give you more money and a bigger deal than anybody else. There's no top in the Celtics contract that they can give you under the NBA salary cap rules. Right? So it's not you, you're not you're not negotiating a larger contract. It's not like you sit there and go, well, now the Celtics might want to give me a little less than Gordon Haywood. I'm gonna try to get more than Gordon Haywood. No. 
If the Celtics are going to re-sign Kyrie Irving, if Kyrie Irving wants to re-sign with the Celtics, they would get in a room and they would say, okay, here's the max amount we could give you, the max amount of years, the max amount of money, and we're giving it to you. And that's it. <laughs> like that, that's, that's all we got. That's all that would happen. There's no negotiation. There's no, there's no other reason to talk to other people and other teams outside of the fact that he just wants to go to another team. And he's already thought about this. He's already had this plan. That's why he demanded a trade. And the Celtics were not on his list. He tried to win with the Celtics. It didn't happen. And he now moves on. And I'm, I just, I, I've thought for a long time he's going to the Lakers. And it's going to happen. You know, will I be surprised if he goes to the Knicks? No, because that room has been out there as well. I'm not going to shoot that down and say there's nothing to that. I think there's something to that. Um, But, I mean, I'm just not... Some people, they hear the Lakers and they say, oh, he'd never go back with LeBron. And I just think you... you man, I think you... Uh, naive by believing that's not a possibility. Like, you're going to roll your eyes at Brian Windhorst? Report? That the doors open and more by the day? If if anything, Brian Windhorst is not being fully truthful about how long the door's been open for and how wide open it actually is. The door's more open than Windhorst is letting us on to believe, but this is this is the plan. You know, you got you can't you can't show your hand. You gotta you can't let everybody know that that my theory that they planned this two years ago is true. You got to do it the right way. And they're just going to troll us and troll us. And then it's like, ah, Kyrie, you know what? Him and LeBron, they they had a cup of coffee. All right. They had a cup of coffee down in Manhattan Beach one day. And uh, they just, they settled their differences. And, and, and they just thought, you know what? Let's dominate. Let's bring championships back to the Lakers. It's going to... It's going to happen. But I had to get to the Windhorse report because it's a big report, and I think, if anything, it just backs up my belief that Kyrie is going to be a Laker. And uh, people who laughed at me, you know, if it does happen, I don't know, will you still be laughing at me? My crazy theories? And I, I sometimes people think I have some crazy theories, but I do like to put myself in other people's shoes. I do like to, I, I, you know, I, I try to be as realistic as possible with some of these theories. And with all of these theories that I have. And I... I I think that Kyrie to the Lakers is a real thing. And I think by seeing Windhorse talking about it and reporting it, I, I think that just confirms my theory to be somewhat realistic and, and possible. All right? It's possible. You have to at least admit that now. Kyrie to the Lakers is possible. When you were laughing at me before, at least admit now that it's possible. You don't have to be with me and say it's going to happen, but at least admit today that it's possible. It is. Um, anyways... Anyways, that's what we got with the NBA. The conference finals will begin Tuesday night. Golden State, Portland. That game one will be Tuesday. They will do the draft lottery before, though. They'll have the draft lottery before. The Knicks, the Cavaliers, and Phoenix. All of their odds, 14%. I'm not going to waste much time looking at that. But, uh... It'll be the Zion Williamson show, right? Everybody wants Zion. That's what we got. 
Now, the, the NBA draft lottery will happen on Tuesday uh, before game one of Golden State Portland. And then on Wednesday night, Toronto versus Milwaukee. But here locally in Boston, we obviously will be watching the Stanley Cup playoffs because in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bruins are up 2-0 on Carolina. And as I mentioned in the intro, man, this just feels like the Bruins are just like they're just in a different league. They, they were up 6 nothing on Carolina in Game 2 in the third period, yet Matt Grizzlick scores twice in this game, and Grizz took a couple big hits early on. Big hits. Uh, one of them against the boards, I thought, was maybe an awkward... Uh, that was awkward to watch. There was another one that was open ice after that, but the one against the boards in front of the Bruins bench, ugh, that was tough to watch. But you know what? Grizzlick gets up, Stays in the game, scores twice. And the Bruins just dominate. They're just dominating. Now, the question from Carolina's end is, what do you do with the goaltending? Some people were calling for Carolina to pull the goalie in game two, even when it was 4-0. Uh, Mrazek... I, I think it's fair to note that Mrazek's been dealing with an injury. Mrazek left the second-round series against the Islanders. Carolina's second-round series against the Islanders. Mrazek left game two. And you had the backup, McElhaney, come in, finish game two, and get the wins in games three and four, in which Carolina swept the Islanders. So it's not like their backup doesn't give him a chance to win. I think he does. But I think it's also fair to point out that Mrazek, for people maybe crushing him, he has been dealing with an injury. So the question now is Game 3, which is going to be Tuesday night, tomorrow night, in Carolina. Place is going to be rocking. The question is, should Carolina go with Mrazek, or should they go with McElhaney? Well, if if you're telling me Mrazek is not 100%, I would go with the backup. If he is 100%, and that was just a, you know, it's just a tough game for him, um... I would stop Mrazek, but on a very short leash. Like, the minute you go down by two goals, if you go down by two goals, then he's gone. If you go down by one goal, not, you don't pull him. You're down by two goals, you pull him. Um, so, a short leash. I would stick with Mrazek on a short leash. I would. I would. So, you have game three on Tuesday night. Game four is on Thursday night in Carolina. Game five, if necessary, Saturday night. Back at the garden now. Will it be necessary? I don't know. I don't know. The Bruins just look that good. Honestly, they look that good. This is a Bruins team. And, and you know, have you? when's the last time in these playoffs that you have been concerned about the Bruins being eliminated? Even when they were down 2-1 to Columbus? I don't know that I felt like I'm trying to think about how I felt. Doesn't that? That seems like it was two months ago, by the way. When they were down two one at Columbus, but I don't, I don't recall feeling as if the sky was falling. I don't recall feeling as if eh, the season's over. You know, I don't recall feeling that way because I think we know what the Bruins have. I I, I think we knew going into that game four against Columbus that their top players had not played like their top players. You know, Bergeron, Pasternak. Uh, even Marshan Krejci, those guys will figure it out. And when they do, 
they'll be okay against this Columbus team. Like, I never was really sitting there panicking about that Columbus series, even when they were down 2-1. I think maybe in, against Toronto, because there was part of me that felt like in the first round, like maybe Toronto was just a team that was primed and ready for a run. Like, maybe this was just going to be their year. They had a lot of talent. You know, Toronto spent a lot of years, you know, sucking and getting some young talent, and then they they made a big free agent acquisition, and maybe Toronto was just ready. You know, that was my only real fear. And then it was, you know, while that series is going on, it's like, all right, not only was I fearing that maybe Toronto was ready, but then you're looking at the brackets and you're like, well, if Tampa Bay, you got to play then Tampa Bay, and maybe you then have to go through Washington, the defending champ. Like, this is a tough road. But since Tampa Bay was swept, and since the Bruins, since they beat Toronto in that game seven, I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I was really scared about this Bruins season coming to an end. Like, I just think they're that dominant. I think they're that good, top to bottom. They're that deep. They got the goaltender. There's a reason why they're a favorite to win the cup right now. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't have many concerns about this Bruins team. You played the eight seed in the second round. You're playing the seven seed now in the conference final. And if you get to the Stanley Cup final, which is looking like you should, like it, it you look at previous playoffs when the Bruins, 2011, right? When they went to the final and won the Stanley Cup. You know, you're talking about game seven after game seven. Um, Almost had to, you know, you're playing powerhouses, right? Uh, you know, that Vancouver team in the finals was awesome that year. How about 2013? I mean, in the Stanley Cup final, you had to play, Chicago was the best team in the league that year. Right? They were the best team in the league that year. Um, but, you know, you even had to play a very good Rangers team. I, I mean, it's just, this is a run right now that you should, like, you should roll over these teams. Given the Bruins' talent, once you get by Toronto, you should beat the seventh seed in the second round. Excuse me, the eighth seed in the second round. You should beat the seventh seed in the conference final. And you're seeing, you're just seeing that. And then if you get to the Stanley Cup final, you're either playing St. Louis or San Jose. San Jose will be a tougher matchup. From what I've watched in the Western Conference, San Jose will be a tougher matchup. And my fear there with San Jose would be that they've been knocking on the door now for a good amount of time. And, you know, like that fear that they're knocking on the door, they get there, and this is the year that's theirs. Like, that would be my fear. With St. Louis, it's like, eh. I don't see it with St. Louis. I don't. I don't see it. Though my heart would break for Bacchus if you get to the, if you get to the final lose to the Blues. Uh, I just, right now... He, I don't see Carolina preventing the Bruins from getting to the final, Stanley Cup finals. And even in the finals, as much as I say, well, I would fear that it's San Jose's year, like I watch them play still, and I'm like, eh, I just think the Bruins top to bottom are the best team available. They're the best, you know, they're they're the best team around. If you were to pick one of these four teams that's left and and say this is the team I'm gonna take. To root, to root for the Winter Cup and to pick and put money on to win the Cup, the four teams that are available to pick, I'm picking the Bruins. And I'm not just doing it because I'm from Boston and because I'm a Bruins fan. I'm doing it because I watch everything around them and it's like they just, 
nobody seems to be as good as the Bruins. And Carolina, certainly not. Carolina, certainly not. So, uh, this could be a sweep. If it's not, Carolina gets one in Carolina, and then the Bruins win it in five. That's just how I feel. That's how I think this thing's going to play out. Um, but I'll keep an eye on it. Again, game three is Tuesday night. Game four on Thursday, if necessary. Game five Saturday back at the Garden. So, whatever happens... On Tuesday night, I'll react to it on Thursday. And then, of course, you got the Red Sox. And I mentioned in the intro, the Red Sox are back because they are. They're back. They're back. Don't look now, but the Red Sox of three games. They're just three games out of first place in the AL East. The Red Sox are 22-19. and 19. That's their record now in the season. Uh, they sweep the Mariners over the weekend at Fenway. The Red Sox have won five straight. They've now won 11 of their last 13. You got Chris Sale back to his normal dominant self in his last couple starts. You know, we keep looking at the kid, Michael Chavis, who stepped in and has been called up and has been awesome at second base. He had a five RBI game over the weekend on Sunday, yesterday. Um, you know, you also look at Dustin Pedroia, who's down and had a, a another setback in, in a minor league stint. So Pedroia's having more setbacks with the knee. I just, I don't I don't think it's going to work out for Pedroia. But you know what? Even if he was ready and available, would you take Michael Chavis out of the lineup? And I know people say, well, he's not a second baseman. Well, you know what? He's fine at second base. This is a league now where you can do it. And I'm not going to go on that rant again, but but the more Chavis continues to hit and, and play the way offensively he continues to play, you are not taking him out of the lineup. And if you need to keep him at second base and put Pedroia's ass on the bench, if Pedroia was healthy, then you should do that. It's a tough decision, but it's one you got to make. Chavis hitting 282, six home runs, 19 RBIs. Um... But another kid, I think it's, like, I tweeted this this morning. It's like, this is overlooked. It's easy to overlook what the Red Sox are doing and some of the other things that they're doing. But Rafael Devis is on another planet right now. And by the way, Rafael Devis is a year younger than Michael Chavis. Devis, in the month of May, has a 426 batting average with an OPS of... Over a thousand, and the last couple of games. Just look at his last couple of games. Three for five on Sunday. Three for four on Saturday. Three for five on Friday. Two for five. The game before that, like Rafael Devers on the season now, is hitting three thirty six. He leads the American League in batting average. Hitting 336, Rafael Devis at 22 years old. And again, hitting 426 in the month of May. So the Red Sox are doing some special stuff right now. And they got off to a terrible stop. And I guess the good thing for the Red Sox was they got off to a terrible stop while there was a lot of other stuff going on in this town. And we couldn't necessarily focus on, on a lot of the negative things going on with the Red Sox. We couldn't make it the top priority because there were just bigger things. When other teams are in the playoffs and you got... You know, superstars like Kyrie Irving who are in the spotlight, not just for the, your own team, but also for rumors going elsewhere and the controversy that surrounds him. I mean, it's tough to then 
make the Red Sox the top story. They're just not. I don't care how bad they were. They weren't the top story. They weren't going to be until at least one of the two teams, either the Celtics or the Bruins, were eliminated. And even now, it's like the, it's tough for the Red Sox to be the top story because even though the Celtics are eliminated, the Kyrie watch is in full effect, and that will take precedent for the most part in a long baseball season. But the, you, you cannot ignore the Red Sox completely because, like I said, they've won 11 of their last 13. They've won five straight. They're 22-19, and 19, and now they're just three games out of first place in the AL East. Tampa Bay's in first place with 24 wins. The Yankees are a half game behind them as I record this on Monday. Yankees a half game behind Tampa Bay. Yankees have 24 wins. The Red Sox have 22 wins. They're three games behind Tampa Bay. And below the Red Sox, you get the Blue Jays with only 16 wins. 16 and 24. They're eight and a half games out of first place. So it's going to be a three-team race. It's looking like the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. This is where you establish yourself by Memorial Day weekend. Um, I, I think we'll know. And it's looking like the Red Sox, if they can keep up this pace or at least, you know, just play 500 ball here the next couple weeks, you know, the Red Sox are going to be, we'll know by Memorial Day weekend, they're in this race. And the season is very much alive and the Red Sox are very much back. But I think you could say it now, the Red Sox are back. They are back. The minute Chris Sale starts dominating the way he has, they're back. The Red Sox now will have Monday off. They'll have tonight off. And then they're at home beginning Tuesday Tuesday night against Colorado and then at home over the weekend against Houston. So Colorado, Houston, um, but the Red Sox are back and it's good to see because they were really bad to begin the season. And the good thing for the Red Sox, not many people were making the Red Sox their priority with a lot of other stuff going on in this town. So uh, whatever happens there, I will react to it. I'll keep an eye on the Kyrie watch. And and I, I failed to mention actually, And I know I'm kind of burying this, but everyone's talking about Kyrie. It's easy to overlook the Al Horford stuff, too. And I may we can get into this, I think, as as the offseason moves on. Uh, I don't want to go all in on the Celtics offseason yet, especially while the NBA playoffs are still going on. But there was a report over the weekend that Al Horford is looking for basically a three-year deal at less average annual value that he's scheduled to make next season. Now, Al Horford is entering the final year of his deal with the Celtics. He's going to make $30 million. He's set to make $30 million next season, again, the final year of his deal. But he can opt out this summer, before that final year. And according to Steve Bullpett of the Boston Herald, Al Horford, a source, a league source, tells Steve Bullpett that Horford would be willing to restructure his contract with the Celtics in order to take less next season if he could get two more years added on. So he's got $30 million for next season, the final year of his deal. But he can opt out. But he would say to the Celtics, I'll opt out. I'll take, I don't know. Now, I need to know how much of a pay cut in the average annual he's willing to take. Like, is he going to shoot down to $20 million? Is he going to go from 30 to 20 and basically say add on two more years of that and say give me a, a three-year $60 million deal? Is that what he's doing? Um, was, is he want $25 million, Three years, $75? Like, I don't know. He turns 33 in June. We need to know how much less he wants to do it, but the report is that he's willing to, to take less than $30 million a year 
if he can get two more years added on. So basically, he wants to opt out and get a three-year deal. That's basically what he wants. Al Horford wants to opt out and get a three-year deal. He'll do it with the Celtics. He wants to stay in Boston. The question is, do the Celtics want to keep him around for more than next year? I would say do it. I would say do it. You know, the arguments with Al Horford in this town, I don't think are ever going to end. Because, I mean, let's face it. Like, he's not... Like, his athleticism doesn't jump off the screen. Um, He's not a flashy player. He's not. I mean, he's not a flashy player. He's not somebody that the league rallies behind to promote. But he's somebody that definitely you know, can play at an all-star caliber level while being a veteran leader, which is, I think, something that the Celtics team's going to need here moving forward. And, you know, if you say to yourself, hey, we can save save some money on the average annual if we give them two extra years, then I don't see why you wouldn't do that if you're the Celtics. But uh, I need to know how much less does he want to take? Like, if he just wants to shave $2 million off every year, and say, I'll take $28 million, million a year. Give me a, a three-year deal. Like, I don't... The Celtics might just say, um, no. <laughs> uh, but I need to know how much less he wants to take. But if he wants to stay, well, we'll see how much he... We'll see how bad he wants to stay. But I would like to see Horford stick around. And I would give him the extra two years, even though he is going to turn 33 in June. I would give it to him. But we'll see what the Celtics do. Anything that happens, any rumors that are out there, I will react on the show. Subscribe to the show at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Again, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Follow me on all forms of social media. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you again on Thursday. Thursday.